So as I'm sure you have heard at this point, you have Jenny Prigozhin, who is the head of the Russian mercenary uh, Wagner Group, um, we presume was killed yesterday in a crash. He um, he was the guy who led up the group that had been doing a lot of the fighting in Ukraine. In fact, if you talk about anywhere where it appeared Russia was having success, it was primarily the Wagner group that was leading the offensive in that area. Um, earlier this summer, um, he got really upset with, well, he didn't name Putin at the time, but he talked about other officials within the Russian military. Um, they took over some Russian territory, and then they began to march on Moscow. This happened two months ago yesterday. Um, a deal was reached. They never made it to Moscow. The confrontation with Putin and the Kremlin never happened. But the question remained, how do you get away with that? Do you get away with that? And it looks like the answer to that question is no, because he was listed as a passenger on a private jet that crashed north of Moscow yesterday. Uh, the Federal Air Transport Agency of Russia said there were seven passengers, three crew on the plane. Uh, it was owned by Prigozhin. Um, there's video of the plane just falling out of the sky. And by all accounts, Prigozhin uh, and uh, Dmitry Yutkin, who was another high-ranking member of the Wagner Group, lost their lives in that crash. And I think for most people, it was just a matter of time. But let's get into a bit what happened there and what else is going on around this conversation. We're going to speak with Dr. Elliot Tepper, who is a distinguished senior fellow, Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. Dr. Tepper, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks. Good to be with you, Shay. Okay, so let's start with yesterday's news. I mean, not much of a surprise, I think, to most observers, right? The man who marched on Moscow and threatened the Putin regime appears to have lost his life. We shouldn't be shocked, should we? Well, it's one of those situations where, yes, it's shocking news. A plane shot out of the sky, but it's not surprising uh, because of all the things you mentioned uh, in your introduction. This is a person who was very close to Mr. Putin, really an ally. Uh, they worked together in so many different ways, but this, uh, this attack coming out of Rostov-on-Don, keeping in mind uh, that's what happened there was that uh, after a long, long feud, Pogosian has with the Ministry of Defense and with the general in charge of Ukraine, he then took over militarily the southern command headquarters, Rostov-on-Don, of Russia fighting in Ukraine and then began his march of, for justice and then stopped partway through and went through, you know, with a deal of some kind to Belarus. And then he, oh, wait, he popped up back in Moscow greeting Africans. He was very inst instrumental in creating a lucrative uh, mini empire for Russia in Africa. And he was instrumental, of course, as you mentioned, in some of the fighting in Ukraine. But a severe fallout among the top elite doing the fighting other than Mr. Putin. He never blamed Mr. Putin personally. But yes, it was seen as a challenge to Putin, and now he's dead. Perhaps. Right. Perhaps. I mean, uh, what level of certainty do you have? Because there are all kinds of theories, as we knew there would be. Um, how certain are you that he was on board that plane? Because there are some say he faked his own death. Yes. <laughs> There's... Um, First, I'll discuss uh, alternative theories, and then I'll give you my own view. <laughs> the alternative theories are that, yes, uh, Chatham House specialist said, you know, a lot of people had their names changed to his yep. so that he could, in fact, mess up with uh, all the news, that this may, in fact, even be a deal between Mr. Putin and, and 
him, Prigozhin, to temporarily disappear. Uh, he may pop up, said another sort of Chatham House uh, scholar, saying he may show up tomorrow in, in Africa, once again doing recruitment videos. And also, uh, other theories going around is, well, uh, you know, it's possible that some of the people he alienated, very powerful people, not Mr. Putin, but powerful people in the security forces, particularly the Ministry of Defense, uh, took him out. And it's, it's their job. And now Mr. Putin doesn't know quite what to do. Right. You get all of these kind of alternative possibilities. Uh, you also hear frequently from informed sources that, uh, you know, what you hear in the media coming out of Russia may not be the case. That's always true. We, you've always got to take that with a grain of salt. There's no question about it. Um, what do you make of the fact that it took two months? A lot of people saying, oh, Putin loves a, uh, loves an anniversary. He's patient. Um, but, but like you say, I mean, Prigozhin was, he wasn't keeping a low profile. It, it, we were told and we were under the impression that all was fine. Everything was okay. They'd, they'd come up with a deal. And like you say, he was, he was seen in many locations. He didn't seem to be concerned about his security at all. No, actually, he was having tea with Mr. Putin yeah. not, not long after the uh, insurrection or the mutiny, whatever you want to call it. And he was very instrumental when a group of African leaders, some say a group of African leader dictators, gathered in the Kremlin, and he was there because that's really his bailiwick. Uh, there's all this possibility. Uh, in terms of the evidence that we do have, it does look as if uh, the plane was hit by missiles, I'll give you my own view now as we move towards this. Uh, it does look as if he was hit by missile. The, the plane was hit by missiles, uh, two missiles, probably uh, S-300s, fired by the FSB, which is the successor to the KGB, which means it's Mr. Putin. Uh, that reason we have that view is that we have prior examples. Uh, Russia shot down a Malaysian airline, uh, Malaysian Airlines 17, and also the Iranians shot down, as we know, a Ukrainian plane with a lot of Canadians yeah. on it. And the evidence that was used, so these little shrapnel things on the wings, that happened here, so it does look like a missile took this plane down. And who has missiles after all? So uh, a few takeaways for me is that this is really another continuation, and this is my big picture takeaway, Say that this is a continuation of Putin's folly. This is a fallout once again of the fact that Putin totally underestimated his uh, capacity to carry out the obliteration of Ukraine as a state, starting, as we know, earlier, and then in 2014 now, and then the reinvasion in March of 2022. So the failure to do so has created such dissension within the elite at the top that what we are seeing is kind of the knock-on or ripple effects of Putin's folly, his big failure. A lot of the speculation is, oh, this is going to make Putin stronger because he looked weak, and now the person he uh, uh, was challenged by is gone, so that nobody's now going to challenge Mr. Putin. Well, all that may or may not be true, but we do know that it is as the big picture takeaway is that Russia's top military and security people are in disarray. There's talk about, you know, uh, Mr. Prigozhin has a lot of loyal followers. He does, They're yeah. very well trained. They're very well armed. What about revenge? They may take revenge. And so the possibility that there could be further turmoil inside Russia as a result of this and maybe who knows assassination. But all of that is the speculation coming out of the failure 
the failure of Mr. Putin and his attempt so far to obliterate Ukraine. And when we talk about Ukraine, uh, and like we said, uh, it was the the Wagner Group that was doing most of the work in Ukraine. Now they haven't been there. I think most of them have been in Belarus for the last month or two. So, so what does this mean for that conflict going forward, if anything? Yes, I think it does have implications, Shay. The and, and good for you for pointing toward that because. Really, the big picture story here is Russia's invaded illegally in uh, a neighboring state and tried to uh, tries to wipe it out, and we know how we, that battle is going in that thousand kilometer front. I think this is very good for Ukraine because it does show once again that the opposition really is in disarray, and that disarray is going to be visible to the to the people on the ground in Ukraine on the Russian side, and some of those may well have had sympathy for. Prigozhin and his complaint that not enough support was being given, we know that the general Popov has kind of spoken up and disappeared and so several others. So this is positive news for Ukraine in the sense that, uh, another takeaway, really murderous people apparently have been removed from the scene, and we can come back to that, but certainly uh, Prigozhin and his, and his chief ally, uh, Dmitry Utin. So the possibility exists that this is going to be a big boost because morale is very high on the Ukrainian side. It was already low on the Russian side on the front lines. And this can't help but further demoralize demoralize the people who are tasked with holding the line against the Russian, uh, the Ukrainian counteroffensive. Uh, and we mentioned the Wagner Group. Now, what what happens with them? I mean, two, their leader and one of their highest ranking other leaders yes. uh, apparently have been taken off of the board. We, what happens to the, uh, like you say, uh, highly motivated, highly trained and heavily armed members of the Wagner Group? And nobody really knows the answer to that. The possibility is that they will be... Um, Let's back up a bit. This is one of those mercenary groups that theoretically are at arm's length from the state, but we know now that you know they are an armed faction of the state with a little bit plausible deniability, and they were carrying on a lot of the dirtiest of work in Syria, and they're very deep in, in, in Wagner Group, but they're not the only ones. <laughs> the Minister of Defense has his own. So the possibility exists that this whole thing was triggered by the attempt by the Minister of Defense to absorb the Wagner group into the regular military, and that's not going to happen. They still do need them. We don't know what's going to happen. Did Mr. Putin, if he did this, not have somebody in mind to replace Pogosian as head of the Wagner group? Are they going to really dismantle it totally? Because they do have alternatives. There are others. So the, the two-month mark, you know, why, why wait two months? One of the theories is that time was needed, Shave, for uh, Mr. Putin to really figure out what was going on in Africa because this is very lucrative for them. The Putin, the Putin supplies troops to prop up military rulers and then uh, Russia gets access to gold, literally mm-hmm. gold and diamonds and minerals and other things. So maybe some time was needed to sort things out there. Maybe that is sorted out now, and that's why the action was taken gotcha. when it when it happened. Uh, but right now, the whole future of the Ragnar Group is up in the air. Yeah, well, we, we it's to... shot out of the air, in fact, exactly, if, yeah. if, if this is true. Yeah, and, and we'll just have to wait and see. We were going to talk about bricks, but I don't have time. We'll have to do that another time, Doctor, but I always, always appreciate you being here. Thank you so much.